Welcome into episode six of the Motown Rundown. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Rabinowitz. Coming to you from the Impact 89 FM studios in the basement of Holden Hall, on the campus of Michigan State University, in East Lansing, Michigan. Now look, we need to, we need to jump right in today. I, I'm sorry, uh, obviously, if you're listening to this episode, you are aware of the performance that our beloved Detroit Lions put on last weekend in San Francisco. We, of course, need to talk about that. Um, so we're going to waste no time here. I, I do, however, before before we get into the Lions talk, because I, I do definitely want to talk about last week's game, and I want to talk about the upcoming game that the Lions do have against the Patriots, but there's some news off the football field that I feel the need to talk about. Uh, I, I know it affected a lot of people in Detroit, um, and that is the the sad fact that the Detroit Red Wings' uh, beloved captain and uh, 15-year veteran Henrik Zetterberg is hanging up his skates. Uh, if you haven't been following the story, um, he it, this was all due to a degenerative back condition that Zetterberg's been fighting for some time. Uh, there, there were rumors going into this offseason that uh, the, you know, the Red Wings might not have Zetterberg coming up this year. He might not be able to play in all 82 regular season games, uh, all, all that stuff. And reports were coming out in January of this past season that he was starting to fight this back condition, that he wasn't practicing as much as he would have liked to, if, if that, I mean, even at all, practicing with the team. And it, it was something that, that he battled uh, for for years before that, and it really started to become a problem for him. And again, like I said, as the season got closer, you heard things of you know Zetterberg's done, or he'll play, or he'll miss a few games. And um, so this is it. This is the reality that we live in now. Henrik Zetterberg is no longer a Red Wing. He will be placed on long term injured reserve and. Uh, you fans have have watched him play his last game in the NHL, and and this is something too. Where, granted, like I said, fifteen years as a Red Wing, and I think this is something that is definitely felt league wide. I mean, even before Zetterberg took over as captain in the twenty twelve twenty thirteen season, after Lidstrom retired, Henrik Zetterberg is one of those names, and I I draw a parallel to guys like Daniel and Henrik Sedin, who both retired at the same time. Uh, this this past season, it's it's something that's felt league wide for the past fifteen years. Henrik Zetterberg has been one of the big names as an NHL superstar, and obviously here in Detroit, it hurts because you think about the two thousand eight Stanley Cup. You think about Zetterberg being a captain, being a leader for this team on and off the ice. You think about his his play style, and I some of my fondest memories of watching hockey growing up include Henrik Zetterberg. Guys like Zetterberg, Datsuk, Lidstrom, all these guys. And and it's it's tough to swallow for me because I will honestly say, despite the reports, I didn't see it coming. I, I didn't see this as a possibility that Zetterberg was not going to play this year. If anything, I thought that he might come out before the season starts and say, okay, you know, my back's been an issue. I'll play as much as I can, but this is my last year. Because if anyone deserves the send off of you know the the tributes before games and the presents from different teams and all the things that you see people do, 
in not in the in the NHL, but but in the NBA with like Kobe Bryant and guys like that. It was Zetterberg. I mean, he's a class act on and off the ice. He represented the Detroit Red Wings perfectly, and and Zetterberg obviously was emotional about it. And in his press conference, he said. Uh, quote, obviously it is emotional. It's been 15 years here. Even though I knew I was on my last couple of years, I wish that I could have played a little bit longer, which again, I, I, I really wish to have just seen Henrik Zetterberg in this last season here and, and to ride off into the sunset. Because if I saw this coming or if Red Wings fans saw this coming where, Hey guys, you know, Hank's Hank's shutting it down after this year. You know, I think a lot more people would have gone to games. I think, you know, people would have been soaking it in a lot more. And it's just kind of tough because it's, now he's gone. And I feel like the Red Wings and, and this the organization and fans like myself didn't really get to send him off the right way. And and I, I, I think that looking at a bigger picture, I mean, I can't help but think that this might be the last page in a book that needs to be closed on the Detroit Red Wings era with your Zetterberg and your Datsuk and your Lidstrom. You know, maybe maybe you can make the argument that, oh, well, Cronwell's still there, Jimmy Howard's still there, so you can't really close the book yet. But, I mean, Hank's gone. That that era and, and living in that 25 straight playoff appearances and the Stanley Cup in 08 and... Ken Holland clinging on to the last few years he had Zetterberg and Cronwall and Jimmy Howard. I I think that door is shut now. I mean, it's very clear the leadership dynamic has changed. And, and on that standpoint, I will be very, very upset and surprised if they give someone else the C this year. If anything, you can give it to Cronwall because Cronwall has come out and said, this is, yes, yeah, is probably my last year. And, if anything, you can throw it to him for a year and send him off on a high note. But truthfully, I mean, Adlocator will have an A. Cronwell will have his A, obviously. And and in tonight's, as as I'm speaking, the preseason game against the Penguins is going on right now, and Dylan Larkin has an A on his sweater. So I would assume that for the future, they might throw him and throw him an A and and let him and see how this season goes for him. And I could see him being the captain of the future, but. I mean, here it is, guys. I, this is it. If there was anything that you had left clinging on to, you know, all the you know the wings can still compete or whatever. I mean, Hank's gone, and, and truthfully, I'm not going to sit here and say he was outstandingly productive last season. But I mean, the guy's back was literally falling apart. And, and I need to point out too that this guy has not missed a regular season hockey game since the 2014-15 season. All 82 games he's played in every single season since that season, which to me is tremendous. And it just goes to show how great of an athlete he is and a hockey player and a leader and the captain to put his body through all of that to play for this team, a team that really wasn't going anywhere anytime fast based on the landscape of the league and, and how this team looks. And, I mean, you look at the guy's stats – in 1,100 career games around that number, 960 points, the Stanley Cup in 08, the Conn Smythe Trophy to go with that. I guarantee you his number is going to be hanging from the rafters at LCA, and and I definitely think that Hendrik Zetterberg will be in the Hall of Fame. I don't think there's any question about that. So it hurts. I, I, I mean, like I said, I would love for him to, on opening night, they – 
I don't know, dress them for dress them for a game and let them play a shift. I don't know. I, that's that's ridiculous. But I'm I'm sure he will be honored uh, accordingly when when the time comes when the team see fits. But I mean that you you can add Zetterberg and I, I was thinking about this the other day to the list of Detroit superstars or players departures that really made you upset because this this one hurts. Obviously, it, it, it does and. I, I think back to guys like Curtis Granderson when he got traded. That one, that one stung for me. I think Curtis Granderson, again, like Zetterberg, a class act on and off the field. He was a great player for the Tigers. He went on to do great things. He's still playing in the league. Datsuk was a tough one, too. Obviously, the way he went out was a little bit different. I think it rubbed some people, including myself, the wrong way. But, hey, I mean, it was a more of a personal decision more than a career decision. I get it. He wanted to go back home. That one stung because that was abrupt too, and and Nick Lidstrom that was that was brutal. I mean, obviously, I would even say more so than Henrik Zetterberg leaving. Nick Lidstrom retiring was was tough, and it was the same situation where it kind of happened in the off season a little bit more, you know, more quietly. But it was tough, and again, I can just sit here and beat a dead horse about how upset I am, and it's. It's it's something for for my childhood and, and people you know even older than me that that grew up watching Henrik Zetterberg and the great player that he was and the great leader he was and being a part of so many great memories it 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 stings it's I mean I feel like I'm getting old now that he's not on the team anymore and this is truly as I said this is a new era of Detroit Red Wings hockey and if it hadn't been made clear before it, it sure is clear now. And, you know, looking forward to, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of of guys that will leave in the future. My, and the only two names that I really have are Matt Stafford and Miguel Cabrera. I think when those guys leave, it will hurt a lot of people too. But, um, but yeah, I, I, again, we can go on and on. Um, I just, you know, as a, as a final thing, I know Henrik Zetterberg will never listen to this, but I want to say thank you, Henrik Zetterberg, for everything. Again, some of my fondest memories as a kid going to Red Wings games, Watching this team play since day one, um, it, a lot of it, it attributes to to him and the kind of person he was in player. So, you know, I, I hate to start off the show on a on a more melancholy note, but I wanted to at least pay my respects, pay tribute. I know that, you know, I would hope that Hank stays around and is involved in the organization to some extent, but we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I wish him the best and his family. And I know dealing with this back issue that will nag him for the rest of his life is unfortunate, but I cannot thank him enough for what he's done for the city, for the team, and for the sport of hockey in general. So we'll wrap that up. (laughs) And And now we got to talk Lions. And hmm. Lions, obviously, if you are not paying attention, if you've already checked out after game one, they dropped their week two game to the San Francisco 49ers by a score of 30 to 27. And I this is another like last week. If you listen to last week's show, I have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of emotions. I know you all listening do too. Um, so I'm just going to take a step back and approach this. I'll first give you my emotional thoughts and, and what I thought going into this game and, and what I thought about the team. And what I think now coming out of it. This game hurt me really badly. And call me naive, call me stupid, call me a fool for 
not checking out after game one. And I told you guys, if you listen to episode one, I, I, I am not going to sit here and throw the towel in after one game. Even after week two, I'm not going to throw the towel in. I'm not going to give up on this season and say, oh, the season's over. Why watch? If that's your attitude, then don't watch. And if the Lions somehow string some wins together, if they go if they go beat the Patriots on Sunday night, I don't need to hear the, oh, you know, they now they got out together. Now they're a good team. I always knew. I No, I, I'm so sick of the negativity. But going back to this game, I truly believed in my heart of hearts that the Lions were going to march into San Francisco, that game one against the Jets was a fluke. They're going to clean some things up. They're going to San Francisco, playing with a vengeance, and it's a win. Not covering the spread or keeping it close or making a comeback late and, oh, good job, guys, way to go. You, you guys fought hard. No. I expected a victory. Because if the Lions win that game, truthfully, it changed the whole season. Because, I, I, in my opinion, no one talks about how bad the Week 1 loss was if the Lions finished the year 10-6, and 11-5. After winning the after winning a game in San Francisco, and you come out hot and you beat him to the ground and you look like what this team, what everyone said this team was going to look like this year, no one cares about Week One. Yeah, it's a pretty tough blemish, but if the Lions finish ten and six or eleven and five, don't sit here and tell me you're going to be oh that Jets game they 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 they're not a good team. This is a, no, absolutely not. So that that game and Golden Tate said it himself too. It was a huge game, not to, not only to change the direction of the season, but to take some heat off the team itself and Matt Patricia. And and I now look ahead, and, and one of the reasons, too, why it's so frustrating to me is, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but you look at the next couple weeks. Patriots on Sunday night. I mean, everyone knows everyone knows the popular opinion on that one. Oh, yeah, Belichick beats up on his assistants. No, the Patriots are unbelievable. There's no way the Lions are winning. So if you want to chalk that up as a loss, sure. I, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm merely playing devil's advocate here looking at wins and losses. They have the Patriots. They have to go to the Cowboys, who I really can't even definitively say that the Lions are better than. So that very well could be a loss. Then they have the Packers at home. And if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, which he is, I mean, I don't know what to say. They could start the season 0-5. They could. Then they go, the only win I can see, you know, definitively me being like, this is an absolute win, is going to the Dolphins in week six. But I can't even say that anymore because I don't know what to expect with this team. It's just, the reason why it's so frustrating to me is because I'm just so sick of the negativity. I'm sick of the SOL, the same old Lions excuse, but I don't know how else to explain it because it truly has been the same thing for years. The same mistakes, the same problem areas, nothing has changed. And I don't want to jump the gun, trust me. I, I hate being the guy to sit here and, and tell you in week two, don't watch this team, this team stinks, the season's over. This team is never going to change. I, I won't do it. But what I what I think the problem is for myself and for a lot of fans out there is that 
it seems like every year, or if not every year, at least this year, the the narrative around the team has changed. And you, you know, Bob Quinn comes in, and now he has his guy of Matt Patricia, who's got the Super Bowl rings. He's got the the rocket scientist mind, and he's been under Belichick. And it's the new look, new management, new coach, revamped team, and still nothing changes. And that's the problem. The narrative was built up that this year will be different. The Lions will start off, you know, they'll start off 2-0. They'll go beat the Patriots at home. They're going to win the division. And the expectation was so high coming into this year, and I think that's the reason why people struggle as Lions fans is because for whatever reason, and I don't know, the bar gets set so high that this year will be different, things will change, and it never does. And that's why you hear the SOL and the this season's over and what do you expect from the Lions? It's it's just it's so frustrating to me because I don't deserve it as a loyal fan. You don't deserve it as a loyal fan. The city doesn't deserve it. And I just, I don't know when things will change. I, you know, you thought when Jim Caldwell comes in, an experienced coach, a guy that the players loved, I mean, that's, that's a change, right? And then he's gone and Matt Patricia comes in. That's a change, right? Things are different this time, right? No, I I don't know. I, I, I truly don't know what to say. And again, I'm just, I know I'm repeating myself. I'm talking in circles here about trying to stay positive, but I don't know what to do. It's so frustrating to me. And, And we can get into this, this game and break it down against the 49ers. Poor coaching again, obviously, just from, from the mere standpoint of having your team ready to play from the first snap after coming off a loss like you did, after all the crap the media gave you for a whole week, straight up, I don't even care about schemes or game plans, the mental preparation coming into the game. Uh, Matt Patricia looks lost on the sidelines. I mean, maybe that's just who he is, and I'm not going to you know, criticize his character or the way he looks or be stupid of all, shave the beard, wear your hat forward. I don't care about that. But he just looks lost like he's nervous I I mean maybe he is but this is a guy who's supposed to be this rocket scientist unbelievable football mind and he uh, looking at him on the sideline you have to question what kind of leadership he has or what kind of hold he has on that locker room and and the, the, the thing too if I can say one thing about the game plan because that to me wasn't the biggest issue obviously the Lions they only lost by three but and I said this on the last show with, with rushing attempts. 16 rushing attempts between LeGarrette Blunt and Carrion Johnson. That is unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. You want a, you want a fun stat for you? How about look, look at San Francisco's running backs. Matt Burita. Who, who, I don't even know who is Matt Burita, first of all. He had 11 carries, okay? 138 yards and a touchdown. On 11 carries. And between our two running backs, 16 attempts on the ground. That is unacceptable. Again, I get it. You're playing from behind. 
Put the ball in the air. Sure. But at some point, Jim Bob Cooter, you have to establish the running game. Not just on a week-by-week basis, for the narrative of your team, for the sake of the organization, and for your quarterback, you need to establish a running game. Because how easy is it for other teams to watch film and go, well, here's the deal, guys. The Lions might run the ball 15 times, so all this week in practice, we're going to watch film on Stafford, and we're going to eat him up in the air. How easy is that? You have LeGarrette Blunt, who's a tried-and-true running back, who has some pretty sweet accolades. on Johnson, who comes in as a rookie, and he's got a lot of hype around him, and you're putting the ball on the ground 16 times. Who uh, Johnson carried for like maybe 45 yards. Blunt was like 38 yards. And Matt Burita, who is taking over for Jarek McKinnon because he tore his ACL or whatever during the preseason. 11 carries, 138 yards, and a touchdown. And what are the Lions doing with their running backs? Nothing. I can't even... I, when is the last time you saw a Lions running back break off like a big run, like a 50-yard run? Never. But Matt Burita could. And I don't know if that's because the Lions' defense is that bad, but for really, something's got to give here. And like I said, my theory is it's all on Jim Bob Cooter. It's the scheme. It's the offensive scheme. I can tell you what plays they're going to run. My mom can tell you what kind of plays the Lions are going to run. And the New York Jets certainly could, and I'm sure the 49ers could as well. You need to establish a running game. I think you have two very capable backs. You have an offensive line who, on paper, looks good enough to get a push up front. They were better this week, for sure. 100% they were better this week, the offensive line. So... I don't know what it is, JBC. I mean, put the Madden controller down. Be creative. Figure it out. Because it's ridiculous. It's a, that's an embarrassing stat. How many games the Lions have gone, how many days they've gone since they've had a rusher rush for over 100 yards. Matt Burita, Joe Schmo for the San Francisco freaking 49ers ran for 138 on 11 carries. Figure it out. And then you can, we have to look at Matthew Stafford too. And and I hate, I hate so much to be the guy to point the finger at Matthew Stafford of all people. Because we all know if you have half a brain, the only thing the Lions have going for them is Matt Stafford. I get it. I'll be the first one to sit here and tell you he played two crap games in a row. And sure, sure. 34 for 53, 347 yards and three TDs against San Francisco. Well, he played a great game. Uh, No. If you look at that stat line, clearly you didn't watch the game if you're telling me he played a good game. Because he missed four or five deep balls to receivers that were pretty much totally open that were easy touchdowns. He still held on to the ball for way too long, and his fumble that he had, he looked like a rookie on his fumble. Holding onto the ball for too long, pump faking, uh, uh, I don't know, panic, panic, ball on the ground, turnover. You cannot have that in year 10. 
I hate to put the put the blame on Matthew Stafford because it truly, truly is not his fault. Because again, that stat line is decently impressive. But if you're Matt Stafford getting paid the money you do in year 10 with your guy, J- JBC is your offensive coordinator with a receiving core you've had plenty of time to get to to get acclimated with. Unacceptable. It is, truly. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what the stats that you feed me. Matthew Stafford's play the past two weeks has been bad. In a sense of he is not playing to his capabilities and what the Lions need him to do to win games. Which brings me to my next point, which is the one thing that every single week I bang my head against the wall because Matthew Stafford has zero help. I can't imagine what it's like to be Matthew Stafford and know going into every single game that if you literally do not play to your best ability, if you have an off week one week, it is absolutely 100% guaranteed a loss. The offensive line was better this week. Yes. The running game came around a bit more. Maybe. Sure. But Average does not win in the NFL. The average defense, the average weapons on offense, the average offensive line, and the below average running game, that does not win you games. The defense for the Detroit Lions has been atrocious. And what really puzzles me is Matt Patricia comes in as this defensive guru, right? All the rings he has leading the defense in New England. You can't help your guys out at all on defense. Guys breaking off runs for 50 yards. Matt Burita, like like Barry Sanders out there running all over this team. Unbelievable. In the special teams, too. If I have to watch one more game of a punt return or a kick return, being taken back to the house, I, 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 I honestly might not be able to watch this team for the rest of the, the season. Seriously, it's Bush League. Great teams, even good teams. I said the same thing last week. They don't give up special teams points. They don't. On kickoffs, you kick the ball out of the back of the end zone. When you punt, you punt it so that the, your coverage can get down the field or you pin them deep. There is no reason why there should be touchdown after touchdown after 20-yard gains, the 25-yard games gains on, on, on punt returns and kick returns. That's unacceptable. And if you want to sit here and go, oh, well, they, they came back in the fourth quarter and there's some promise to this team. <sighs> I am so, so sick and tired of the fourth quarter comebacks. That's a wonderful stat. It is that Matthew Stafford has. Whatever his record is in the fourth quarter or all these unbelievable comebacks, the Detroit Lions are the only team in the NFL that this happens to. Other teams just get beat. I would almost rather the Lions get beat. I would rather the Lions lose that game 30-14 to and I can sit here and go, all this went wrong, but there's next week. 
You know, I can sit here and say, yeah, you know, third quarter came around, fourth quarter, they just didn't have it this week, the game was over, whatever. I, I moved on with the day, I finished my bag of potato chips, it was all fine and dandy, I had a great Sunday. But no, the Lions can't just lose, they like to string you along. You know, they like, to, they like to string you along and make you feel good and get you excited for, oh boy, two minutes left, down by three, here comes Matty Ice. Matt Stafford's going to come in and seal the deal. And look what happened this week. I can't do it anymore. You want to talk about SOL. When is this fourth quarter? It's great. Trust me. I, lo- I love having Matthew Stafford as the one guy who I can trust the you put the ball in his hands and you know he'll he'll win you some games in the fourth quarter. But look, I'm I'm 20 years old. I've done it for too many years. I can't imagine how my dad and my uncles and my grandfather and all the adults out there feel because they've been watching it for longer than I have. But I should not have as high of blood pressure as I do because of this team. Just lose. If you're going to lose, just lose, please. I can't do this anymore. I can't. I don't have it in me. I got enough stress as it is between school and all the extracurricular stuff and paying rent and this crap. I can't do it. Fans don't deserve this. People have family troubles. They have personal issues. They they hate their jobs. They shouldn't have to deal with this on top of all of that. Truthfully, I, I would just love. It, 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 Mom, if you're listening right now, Put this on my Christmas list. I want to see one Lions game this year where they come out of the gate, score the first points of the game, and hold the lead the entire game, and they win by 10. Where I don't have to sweat. That's all I want for Christmas this year. One time, please, let me get on the Motown rundown, whatever, episode 510 if I have to. And just say, you know what? The Lions played a complete game. Start to finish, everyone played great. They beat up on whoever they're playing, whatever high school team they can muster up a win against, and and that's it. That's all I need. Doesn't someone just want to see that? Anyone? And granted, in the fourth quarter, I think the Lions got screwed on that defensive holding call. Some of the stuff that gets called in the NFL I don't understand. But you go to that fourth quarter drive. They're moving down the field. Here we go again. And then big thanks to Theo Riddick, who on third and two, where he literally had nobody around him. Theo Riddick could have sat down in the spot over the middle that he was at on third and two on that last drive. He could have pitched a tent. He could have made a campfire. Maybe maybe get some s'mores going. Maybe, maybe throw on some tunes, kick back, relax, take a nap for 15, 20 minutes. Could have, could have caught that ball and ran for years. But no, right through his hands. And I got to hear the announcer go, I don't know about the throw. Oh, give me a break. You want to talk SOL as much as I hate to bring it up? The drop passes. Ebron was great at it last year. And I got to watch Theo Riddick on third and two in the fourth quarter on what's supposed to be a game-winning drive. You choke. How pathetic is that? And even on fourth down, they go to him again. It was a tough throw. There was more. There was some decent coverage on him. But it hit him in the hands, I'm pretty darn sure. 
What a joke. I'm just, I'm so frustrated. I'm not giving up. No, this is just who I am, guys. I get animated. I get emotional. I get worked up. This is all I have. You have to understand. Detroit sports is what I, I live and die by Detroit sports. And I, I've been dying a lot longer than I've been living. And it sucks. It absolutely sucks. I, 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 I don't even know what to say anymore. I mean, look, I'll be here for you guys through week 16 or 17 or whatever through this year. I'm not giving up. I'm going to watch the Lions Sunday night against the Patriots. I'll be wearing my Matt Stafford jersey. And I'll be cheering just like the rest of you should. Like I, I'm sorry. I don't buy into the whole tanking thing. I don't believe in trying to lose games or giving up. I don't care about the stat. Oh, well, well teams that start off the season 0-2 only have an 8% chance of making the playoffs. Shut up. Shut up. Who cares? I don't care about your BS stats about... Oh, when when teams lose, when there's a full moon outside, their percentage of whatever, and when when the when the when the temperature on the field is lower than seventy degrees, uh, the the lions only what I don't all, just stop. I get it. Negativity sells. Great. I don't care. The lions for for all we know. Knowing the Lions, they could go win five straight games right now, and then they're five and two. Then how's your eight percent of making the playoffs looking? Give me a break. That's the laziest thing to do. How easy would it be for me to come on here and just give up? And every week I can pick a new thing that we can make fun of the Lions for. Or I can pick a pick a loser fan of the week. Oh, you're stupid for going to the games. That I, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. Because I'm a loyal fan. I love this team. I love all the teams here. And this is all we got, guys. If you're a Detroit sports fan... If you're a loyal, decent human being, you know, I don't I don't go out and root for the Patriots because they're they're successful. I don't I, I don't go out and root for the Boston Red Sox because they're successful. And I certainly don't turn the TV off for the next 14 weeks. And then next year, if the Lions start off five and oh, I don't jump back in and go, yep, new, great team. I'm so proud to be a Lions fan. Not going to do it. So we'll move on to the to looking at next week's game. Or this upcoming Sunday night. Sunday night at home against the Patriots. I get it. Belichick always beats his former assistants. Whatever. Okay, I, I, I truthfully, I, I don't know how to feel. I'm sorry. If you were expecting some deep analysis of how the Lions are going to win or or, or what they have over the Patriots, or, or my prediction for this game, I don't have it. Okay, last last week I said, you know, I, the the Lions are going to go beat the, the 49ers, and I was wrong. You know, I, I can't just be a complete homer and honestly tell you every single game I think the Lions will win. I thought the Lions would win week one. I thought they'd win week two. I Heck, looking ahead... I thought they'd go to Dallas and beat the Cowboys week four. But I now sit here looking at week three, and I can't tell you the Lions will win on Sunday. I can't. Like I've said a million times, what I can tell you is that I'll be watching and I'll be cheering, and you bet if that team comes out with some fire and sends the Patriots home 
and puts the puts the BS to sleep about, oh yeah, former Patriots assistants can't beat Belichick or all oh, the, the Patriots or, you know, this, that, and the other. I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I, I'm frustrated, like I said, but I, I can't, I just can't sit here and tell you that the Lions are going to win Sunday. And if they don't, again, we'll we'll do this next week. We'll break down what went wrong. Hopefully things improve. And sure, at some point in the year, guys, I get it. You know, if the Lions start out 0-9 or if they're 2-7, yeah, I'm not stupid enough to say, oh, they're still going to make the playoffs, they'll win the division. I, I won't do it. But in, in week two, I can't give up just yet. May, you know, maybe they come out with some fire. Maybe Patricia finds something and he goes, look, guys, like me, hate me. This is your job. You know, go out there and play for yourself. Don't worry about me. Let me call plays. Let me get this thing in order. You guys go do what you're paid to do. And maybe the Lions rile up and may go win. And heck, I'll be the first one to come on here next week. And, and, and I'll be happy as a clam. But I'm... If they do win, I can't wait to hear the people how they react. And all the people, all the people that gave me the oh, they're zero and two, zero and two teams that start off like that, they don't make the play. Whatever, I, I, I can't wait to hear how people react to that. Truthfully, I, I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> it's frustrating, guys. Trust me. I know you know. But who? But seriously, this this Patriots game, I, I I can't definitively sit here and tell you that that this team is going to go out there and and beat the Patriots. I'm not going to act surprised or mad if they don't. But that's a song for another time. Okay, I I I appreciate you guys listening in today to the Motown Rundown. As always, I'm your host Ryan Rabinowitz. As far as this weekend goes, go Lions, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening.